Ecclesiastes chapter 11, if you look with me in verse number 9, the Bible says, Rejoice, O young man, in thy youth, and let thy heart cheer thee in the days of thy youth. And walk in the ways of thine heart and in the sight of thine eyes, but know thou that for all these things God will bring thee into judgment. Therefore remove sorrow from thy heart and put away evil from thy flesh, for childhood and youth are vanity. Remember now thy Creator in the days of thy youth, while the evil days come not, nor the years draw nigh, when thou shalt say, I have no pleasure in them. While the sun or the light or the moon or the stars be not darkened, nor the clouds return after the rain, in the day when the keepers of the house shall tremble, and the strong men shall bow themselves, and the grinders cease because they are few. And those that look out of the windows be darkened. The doors shall be shut in the streets, and when the sound of the grinding is low, he shall rise up. At the voice of the bird, and all the daughters of music shall be brought low. And also, when they shall be afraid of that which is high, and fears shall be in the way, and the almond tree shall flourish, and the grasshopper shall be a burden, and desire shall fail, because man goeth to his long home, and the mourners go about the streets, or ever the silver cord be loosed, or the golden bowl be broken, or the pitcher be broken at the fountain, or the wheel be broken at the cistern. Then shall the dust return to the earth as it was, and the Spirit shall return unto God who gave it. Vanity of vanity, saith the preacher, all is vanity. And moreover, because the preacher was wise, he still taught the people knowledge. Yea, he gave good heed, and sought out, and set in order many proverbs. The preacher sought to find out acceptable words, and that which was written was upright, even the words of truth. The words of the wise are as goads. And as nails fastened by the masters of assemblies which are given from one shepherd. And further by these, my son, be admonished of making many books. There is no end and much study is a weariness of the flesh. Let us therefore, let us hear uh, the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments. For this is the whole duty of man. For God shall bring every work into judgment with every secret thing, whether it be good or whether it be evil. And I want to preach to you for just a few, moment, a few minutes tonight with the Lord's help on things to remember in youth. Some things to remember in your youth. Let's pray. Father, I come before your throne of grace tonight. Lord, I thank you for letting us be in your house. I thank you, Lord, for your people that have assembled together, Lord, on the Lord's day. I thank you for what's been done already today, Lord, the good preaching we've already heard this morning. Lord, the singing that's been done, the praying that's been done, the giving that's been done. And Lord, the good fellowship. And Lord, I thank you so much, Lord, for the sweet spirit of God that's met with us in this place. And Lord, how you've moved amongst us, Lord, no doubt worked in your people's heart. And Lord, I pray tonight that you would, uh, Lord, help us in this hour, Lord, as we've come to this time of preaching. As one has already said, we could, Lord, leave now and already say that it's been good to be in your house. But Lord, as we've come to this time of preaching, I pray, oh God, Lord, that you would touch us and anoint us. I pray that you'd give us that special unction that it takes to preach the word of God. I pray that you'd make preaching easy for us tonight. Lord, I pray that you'd give good liberty. And Lord, I pray that you would take over and take control of the service pray that you'd set a watch over our lips. Help us not to say anything that would grieve the Spirit of God. But Lord, I pray that you would be glorified in everything that's done and said. I pray that you would move across every heart. Lord, particularly the hearts of these young people tonight. Lord, I pray, Lord, that you'd help them and you'd bless them. I pray that you'd raise up a generation of young people and, Lord, young men, young ladies that are sold out. 
uh, for the glory of God, Lord, that you can use in a mighty way in these last days. Help us, Lord, to stand, having done all to stand, and we'll thank you for what you do in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray and ask it all. Amen and amen. Thank you. You may be seated. I'm sure you probably know and familiar with the book of Ecclesiastes and the writer and things of that nature. Of course, uh, the book was written by a man by the name of Solomon. Solomon was the son of King David. He, uh, he, uh, he followed David on the throne of Israel. Whenever David passed away, it was Solomon that sat on the throne of Israel after David died. And Solomon wrote two books of the Bible. He wrote Ecclesiastes. He also wrote the Song of Solomon. Some people think that Solomon wrote uh, the Song of Solomon when he was a younger man and had a very uh, strong zeal and a burning desire to serve the Lord. And he wrote uh, that book, of course, you know, paralleling the... the, the, um, the uh, the relationship of a man and a wife with Christ and his bride. And, and of course, you can see that. And, you, and many think that he wrote that as a young man. They think that he possibly wrote Ecclesiastes as an older man towards the end of his life, looking back and reflecting over the things that he had done, the things that he had not done, the things that he was proud of, the things that he regretted in life. And I want all you young people to know that there will come a time where you will reflect on your life. You will look back and there will be things that you'll be proud of, things that you're glad that you did. If you're not careful, though, there will be things that you will certainly regret regret, things that you wish you hadn't done, things that you wish you had done. And so be very careful in these days. And there are some things that Solomon talks about in these uh, last chapters, these closing verses of Ecclesiastes. He deals with some things regarding uh, youth, and, and he talks about remembering our Creator in the days of our youth. And, uh, and Solomon, I don't know what you know about him, but we, most people know him as, as the wisest man that ever lived. He, God gave him uh, a choice. He said, I'll give you basically whatever you want. And Solomon said, I, I really, Lord, I really need wisdom. He said, I'm just a child, you know, and I'm, and I'm ruling in Israel and I really need wisdom to be able to judge right and wrong. And so God gave Solomon divine wisdom. Wisest man that ever lived. The only problem with Solomon's wisdom was that he did not take his own advice. In all of his wisdom and all that God had blessed him with, the judgment that, he, that God gave him, the divine wisdom that God blessed him with the faculties in his mind. He gave a lot of advice and he wrote many proverbs and all these things. Even through Ecclesiastes, he wrote all these things. But uh, he did not wind up taking his own advice in many ways, in any, many areas of his life. You know, having wisdom and knowing the things of God, knowing the Word of God isn't enough. It's not enough to just be a hearer of the Word. Amen. You need to be a doer of the word. Amen. And Solomon looked back over the end of his life, over his later years, he looked back over all the things that God had blessed him with, all the decisions he had made, and all the things that he had done. And he had some regrets. He had some things that he wished he hadn't done, things he wished he'd done differently. And I think that we can maybe look at some things here and some of his advice from the wisest man that ever lived, some things that God wrote through him on the pages of the word of God and get some advice for you young people, young families. But again, really, these things are for all of us. Now, I do want to say this before we kind of get into the message that youth is a time to rejoice. 
It really is. I mean, I know, I know. You know, whenever you're young, I think Brother Brian McBride said it at the at the Jubilee. Whenever you're young, you do things that are dumb, right? You do a lot of dumb things. You make dumb decisions. But the fact is, amongst all the dumb things you do as a young person, it really is a time to rejoice. I mean, graduating high school and and coming through school and all the work you've put in, the dedication and all those things, making good grades if you made good grades and all that. I mean, that that's something to rejoice about. It's rejoice. Uh, in this this um, this transitionary time in life that you graduates are experiencing, and in your younger years, and your younger these are reasons to rejoice. Matter of fact, uh, Solomon himself even acknowledged the wisest man that ever lived acknowledged that youth was something to rejoice in. If you look in verse nine, he said, "Rejoice, O young man, in thy youth." In thy youth, he said, and let thy heart cheer thee in the days of thy youth. Walk in the ways of thine heart and the sight of thine eyes. But know thou that for all these things God will bring thee into judgment. So the wisest man that ever lived, he even acknowledged and agreed that youth and younger days is really something to rejoice about. And I'm sure probably the older ones here would agree that whenever you get older, I mean, you can look back on your younger years and look back at youth and you'd probably agree that's something to rejoice about. Certainly, we uh, a lot of the older ones could agree that there are things you that you had in your youth that you wish you had now. There's energy that you wish you had now that you had in your youth. I mean, I'm only 32 years old, but me and Brother Gravely were just talking this afternoon about how, how I wish I could sleep better than what I do now. You know? I mean, things just change as you get older. You know what I'm saying? And so youth is something to rejoice in, but it's something to be very careful in as well. When you're young, life's energies are rising and the world seems to be new and bright. And, uh, and things, you know, they're exciting. These are exciting days for young people. I say they're especially exciting days in a church like this. Where, where you've got a good preacher and you've got fit people around you to support you. You've got the Spirit of God uh, moving and working in the place that you're in. These are reasons to rejoice in your youth. But during youth, youth's rejoicings, there's also very sober realities to remember. There's very serious things and very sober things that you also need to take into account as well. These same things that youth ought to take into account in their younger years, the very sober things, the very serious things that young people ought to take very seriously and think about are really the things that we all should think about. They're things that we should all run through our mind and be very serious about. And here's the thing. I want you young people to really listen. If you'll heed the serious and sober things in life, then you'll really be able to rejoice throughout your entire life. Amen. If you'll begin now taking very serious the serious realities and uh, the serious things, the things of God and the things that are very serious and sobering life, instead of putting them out of your mind and putting them off till later and thinking you'll get serious about it later, if you'll get serious about these things right now, you'll be able to spend your whole life rejoicing. You'll be able to spend your whole life uh, uh, thanking the Lord and praising the Lord. You'll be able to enjoy your whole life. Sure, there'll be ups and downs. Sure, there'll be valleys. Sure, there'll be dark times, but you'll never have to go through your life and look back over wasted days and wasted years and look back over it all and say I wasted it all. If you'll heed the serious things now, you can rejoice through your whole life. And I'm going to tell you this. There's two kinds of people that tell young people and graduates these are the best days of your life, so enjoy them right now. Now I know I'm talking about how youth is something to rejoice about and youth is something to rejoice about to a degree. 
But there's only two kinds of people, I believe, Brother Gravely, that tell young people and graduates that these are the best days of your life, so you need to enjoy them while you can and, and just experience all you can experience now because these days will soon be over and these are the best days of your life. There's two kinds of people. Lost people and carnal people. That's the two kind of people that will tell you that. You listening? That's the two kind of people that will tell you these are the best days of your life and it's basically all down here from here. I tell you, I got guys that I played ball with and I went to school with and I mean, we're, we're in our 30s now. You know, we've graduated. Most of us have moved on or should have but because those were the best days of their life and they had nothing else to live for, nothing else to look forward to, they're still living those days. They still go to the high school parties and they still hang out with the high school kids. They still go to all the high school ball games. They still do all that stuff. They still act like they did in those days because those were the best days of their life. But I want you to know something. If you'll sell out and serve God, if you'll give Him all you've got, if you'll give Him your all, I tell you, these will be far from the best days of your life. You'll look back down the road and you'll say, man, I was really dumb back then and I did some dumb things back then. There's some things to rejoice about back then and I enjoyed some things back then, but those days I would never ever trade those days for these days when I look around and see all God's blessings and see how far God's brought me and see how God's blessed me. I tell you, it's, it's, it's not good English, but it's good Mississippi English. I'll just tell you, my life has gotten gooder and gooder since I started serving Jesus. Amen. I tell you, I look back on what should have been the best days of my life and I wouldn't trade them for a million dollars. Amen. I wouldn't give you anything for the days that I have today and the life that I have now and what God's doing in my life in these days, amen? amen? So I'm just telling you, if you'll heed the serious things, you can live your whole life rejoicing. But if you don't heed them, you'll bring about pain and struggle in your life. You'll bring about regret in your life because that's what so many young people are doing. They know there are serious things and at the end of the day, when all of you pillow your head at night, you know there are serious things in life. You know, that, you know that eternity is real. You know all the things that you hear preached from the pulpit and things that are the word of God. You know they're real. You know they're serious. You know there's things that you ought to take seriously. But what most young people do is they put them off and they think they'll deal with it later. They'll think about it later. They'll take it seriously later. Listen, don't put it off. The ones that put it off wind up in a mess. They're the ones that wind up wrecking their life. And they look back years down the road and they think, man, I wish I'd have done things differently. I'm not even in the message yet, but I've got to tell you this. Every Tuesday night, we started going to our local jail there in, in, uh, in Monroe County, Mississippi, there where we're at. We started going to local jail. And if you young people don't believe me about throwing your life away and not taking seriously the things, you know, that you should take seriously now, you ought to start going to the jail with us every week. Preacher, I've had men in that jail come up with me with tears in their eyes that are now in their 40s. And they've been hooked on things, different drugs and various different things. Hooked on them. One man came up to him with tears in his eyes. He said he was in his 40s. said he's been hooked on meth since he was 15 years old. And he's in jail and I'm preaching to him. Trying to help him. Trying to be a blessing. And with tears in his eyes, he said, I've been hooked on this stuff since I was 15 years old. It's been a battle. And he's in his 40s. He's given the best years of his life away. 
He sold out the best years of his life. He sold out the prime of his life. Physically speaking, he's thrown it all away. You want to know why? Because ultimately, back when he was 13, 14, 15, 16 years old, he didn't take seriously the things he should have taken seriously. Life was a party. Life was about fun. Life was about having a good time. And I'll deal with the serious things later. But he wound up like Samson... And he was toying with that sin. Before long, he didn't have that little sin anymore. That sin had him. Y'all listening? All right. So if you'll heed them now, you you can rejoice all your life. Let me just give you about four different things to remember in your youth. Number one, he deals with it in verse number 10. He says, uh, he tells us to remember God's judgment. Look back in verse number 9, chapter 11, verse 9. He says, Rejoice, O young man, in, the, in thy youth, and let thy heart cheer thee in the days of thy youth, and walk in the ways of thine heart, in the sight of thine eyes. But know thou that for all these things God will bring thee into judgment. Therefore remove sorrow from thy heart, put away evil from thy flesh, for childhood and youth are vanity. Look down in chapter 12, verse 14. For God shall bring every work into judgment with every secret thing whether it be good or whether it be evil. Amen? Remember God's judgment in youth. While you're, while you're young, while you're just starting out, while you're just graduating, whatever, when you're young, still remember God's judgment. Remember that everything you do, every idle word, every idle thought, everything will be brought into judgment one of these days. God will bring it into judgment. He will bring all of life and all of its activities into judgment. You will stand before Him. And mom and dad won't be there to answer questions. You your attorney won't be there to answer questions. Your pastor won't be there to answer questions. You're going to stand before God and you're going to give an account for every deed done in the flesh. Every work, every secret thing, whether good or evil, the Bible says it will be judged. Amen. By the way, God will not excuse uh, a poor behavior. God won't excuse youth because of inexperience or because you're just having fun. God will bring it into judgment. By the way, if you're a lost young person, you need to be living in light of the great white throne judgment. Amen. You say, I need to be living with a great white throne judgment on mine? Absolutely, because there is surely a time coming where you, if you die lost without God, you will find yourself at the great white throne judgment. Amen. Being judged. And you need to take that seriously. And you need to think about that. And you need to realize that will happen one of these days. But if you're here tonight and you're saved by the grace of God, you still need to live in light of the judgment. You still need to realize that everything I do, whether everybody knows about it and it's on social media, preacher, and by the way, everybody know, does know what you're doing on social media. Isn't it amazing? I better not get off on that. Isn't it amazing? Isn't it amazing how the things that people used to would never do before the world back then? I mean, you could walk down Main Street naked and the only people that saw it were the people that were there Then it was forgotten about. But people would have never done that years ago. But people put stuff on Facebook and they're half naked for the whole world to see and by the way, that never goes away. More than the people that are just there see it. And it never goes away. Ever, ever, ever. It's always there. Amen. 
And so, I mean, you know, it, it doesn't matter if, if the whole world knows about it and it's on social media or it doesn't, know, it doesn't matter if it's done in dark corners of the night and nobody else knows except you and God. God, one of these days, will bring it up and He will call it into account. He will call it to judgment. He will call your, call your card on it. He will call you on it and He will deal with it one of these days, the judgment. And you need to remember that. Even when you're 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 25 years old, God is going to judge everything you're doing, everything you're saying. You need to remember that. Some things to remember youth. Number two, remember your creator in your youth. That's what he said in verse 12, chapter 12, verse 1. Remember now thy creator in the days of thy youth. See, God's equipped you for these last days. He's equipped you for these last days. God has got raising up a generation of young people. I mean, I know we look around and we say, man, what are we going to do? How are we going to make it? It doesn't seem like anybody likes old-time religion anymore. It doesn't seem like anybody wants the old-time way anymore. But I'm here to tell you, God is raising up a generation of young people that are going the right way and that are going the old paths and that do love the King James Bible and that do preach at state and do stand right. God is raising up a generation and He is raising up young men and young ladies and gifting them specifically for these days. We make so much of the good old days and thank God for them. I'm not belittling them. Don't get me wrong. I'm not belittling them at all. But if you're not careful, you, you idolize the good old days. People get to thinking that God can't do today what he did yesterday. You better be careful about that. This is God's work. God can do what he wants to when he wants to. Amen? Thank God for the old timers and thank God for the men of yesteryear. Thank for God for how they preach and how they stood and all those things. But I want you to know God is raising up young men today that he wants to use. God is raising up young ladies today that he wants to use. God has put you right where he wants you to be. Amen? By the way, you know, God's enough God. He could have put you in any time. Boy, we look back and boy, we reminisce about how great things used to be. But listen, I didn't experience any of that stuff. I wasn't there. I wasn't there in the 60s and 70s and 80s. I wasn't there. And I remember as a young preacher thinking how much I wished I had been. Like, man, I wish I'd, be, I wish I'd lived in those days. I wish I could have been around Brother, uh, Brother Percy Ray. I wish I could have been around Brother Sammy Allen Moore, been, been around Brother Blue Moore. Thank God for those men. But here's the truth of it all. God's got me and God's got you right where he wants us. If he'd have wanted us there in those days, he'd have put us in those days. Amen. And I tell you this, I want you young people to listen to me. Listen, we are coming down to the end of this thing. Some of you older ones are getting ready to graduate. Praise the Lord. And you better be praising the Lord because I believe the devil's about to turn the heat up on us here in America. I do. I believe that with all my heart. But listen, God found it very needful to have pillars in men like John and Peter and James and Paul right at the beginning in the foundation times of the church. He found it needful to have men like that. Well, evidently he's found it just as needful and counted us just as faithful to have us here at the last days as he's closing this thing out. To stand faithful and to be strong and be of good courage and to stand where he wants to stand where we've always stood. Amen. If he would have wanted us back there, he'd have put us back there. Right. Amen. I'm simply saying that in your youth, remember your creator. Remember that God has gifted you and he's equipped you for these last days. And there's great potential to bring God glory in the days of your youth. Yes. 
Remember your creator's aim and desires for you. Remember that there's something he wants to do with you, how he wants to use you. Remember those things. These days are like no other days, so don't waste them when you're young. That's right. Amen. There's going to come a time whenever you're not going to be young anymore. There's going to come a time when you young single guys are not going to be young single guys anymore. You'll be married, hopefully. I know, I know there's some doubt with some of you. Some of you think you're going to be with Brother Gravely forever. I'm like, you have no future, I understand. Hopefully, one of these days, you'll get older and you'll get married and all this, and you'll start having kids. And I'm here to tell you, thank God for having a family. Thank God for having a wife. You young ladies, whenever you get married and you have children, all those things, thank God for those things. And you'll never trade those days for these days. But I'm here to tell you, you can serve God in a particularly fervent way in these days that you will not be able to serve Him in those days. You will have responsibilities. You will be tied down, so to speak. You'll have things you'll have to take care of. You'll have things that you'll have to do. You will have things going on. It's just the responsibilities of life. And you just simply will not be able to serve God like you will in these days. These could be particularly fervent days. These could be days where you could serve God in a particular way and give Him more of yourself than you'll probably be able to give Him in the rest of your life. That's right. So I'm simply saying, give it, remember your creator. Obligate yourself to the Lord and give these days wholly to him. Yes. Number three, remember life's brevity. Yes. In chapter 12, verse 1, he goes on to say, Remember now thy creator in the days of thy youth, while the evil days come not, nor the years draw nigh, when thou shalt say, I have no pleasure in them. And then he goes on giving a description of old age. In the next several verses. He gives pictures and typology of what old age is going to be like. And then in verse 7 he says, Then shall the dust return to the earth as it was, and the Spirit shall return unto God who gave it. Vanity of vanity, saith the preacher, all is vanity. Remember the brevity of life. Remember the shortness of life. I know that right now when you're young, old age and death seem so far off. It's so unthinkable. But it'll be here quicker than you realize it. You'll get older quicker than you realize it. You'll turn around two or three times and you'll say, man, it's been a long time since I graduated high school. Amen. And all God's people said. <laughs> Isn't that right? I mean, you, life will take off and, and it seems like it's so far away now. It's so unthankful now. But it, it will come. It will be here before you know it. And if you're going to do anything for God... You better start now. You better start today. You better pour your life in today because what will happen is you'll turn around two or three times, you'll get down to the end of it all, and you'll say, man, I wish I'd have done more. I wish I'd done so much more. I had so much more potential and so much more ability back then, and I wish I'd had done more with the time that I had. I'm telling you, life is awful short, man. In old age, our eyes grow dim. That's what he says in verse 2. In verse 3, he talks about how the hands begin to tremble. In verse 3, he talks about how your teeth will begin to fall out. In verse 4, he talks about how your hearing will fail. In verse 5, he tells us how fears will multiply. In verse 6 and 7, he talks about how death will begin to approach. All these things begin to happen the further and further into life you get. And you need to remember that. You remember that life really is so short that you're really not even promised tomorrow. But in terms of getting older and life coming to an end, it will happen sooner than you think it will. At the end of it all, he said, all is vanity. In other words, anything we do that's not for the glory of God, it's empty and worthless. So remember life's brevity. Last of all, remember God's commandments. 
Look at what he says in verse 9. It says, And moreover, because the preacher was wise, he still taught the people knowledge. Yea, he gave good heed and sought out and set in order many proverbs. The preacher sought to find out acceptable words and that which was written upright, even words of truth. The words of the wise are as goads and as nails fastened by the masters of the assemblies which are given from one shepherd. And further by these, my son, be admonished of making many books. There is no end, and as much study there is weariness of the flesh. Let us hear, therefore, the, let's hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. From the beginning of time till now, wise men have sought out truth. They've sought out wisdom. And they've held, held truth particularly as precious. Now, the world doesn't hold it as precious, but wise men hold it as precious. And wise men have taken truth and taken their wisdom. They've written it in many books. He even talks about there in those verses. And by the way, you ought to read that stuff. You ought to take heed to it. You ought to acknowledge it. You ought to pay attention to it. But the essence, the essence of all truth is in fearing God and keeping his commandments. G. Campbell Morton said that this is the whole of man. The whole of man. The fulfillment of man is to fear God and keep his commandments. Now, you know one thing, one evidence of a reverential fear of God, evidence of a reverential fear of God in your life is that you keep his commandments. Now, you can say whatever you want. You can pay lip service all that you want. But what you really believe is in what you do. Jesus, even in Christ's day, he talked about that crowd. He said, these people, they do honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me, he said. See, you can say whatever you want. You can say you love old-time religion, and you can say you love this church, and you can say you love this preacher, and you can say you love the Bible, and you love the old-time way, and you can say you love Jesus if you want to, but it shows up in how you live your life. Adrian Rogers said, you can say whatever you want, but what you do is really who you are. The rest of it is just religious nonsense. That's what he said. And that is the truth. Real evidence of fearing God is in keeping his commandments. The highest wisdom there is, is in fearing God and keeping his commandments. That's the only way to save your life from vanity that's the only way to save your life from futility. Only way to save your life from frustration and ruin and getting down to the end, looking back and seeing nothing but regret in it all. The only way to save it from all those things is to fear God and keep His commandments. Now life, for you young people, life, this is Youth Sunday. Is that right? And life for you youth and you young people, no matter how worldly successful it may seem to be from the world's eyes or even from church people's eyes. No matter how successful it may be, it will be an empty shell if you don't remember these things. These four simple things. If you don't go through your life and if you don't heed them now and take them seriously now, you'll come down to the end of it all and your life will be an empty shell. It'll be vanity of vanities. So yes, I mean, be happy, rejoice, Enjoy your youth now, but don't exclude remembering the sobering aspects of your life. And if you'll remember them, if you'll heed them, if you'll sell out and serve God now, even though these are days of rejoicing, they'll be far from the best days of your life. See, Jesus said in John chapter 10, verse 10, the thief cometh 
not but to steal and to kill and to destroy. And that's what the world will do to you. That's what life will do to you. If you don't heed these things and you go your own way and do what you want to do, that's what life will do to you. It will, it will have you all used up and left half dead in the ditch somewhere when it's all said and done. That's what, that's what life will do. That's what the devil wants to do. That's what the world wants to do. By the way, that's what any carnal friend wants to do. That's what any uh, carnal or lost boyfriend or girlfriend wants to do. Amen. And by the way, the devil will present them as friends. Make them seem like they love you more than anybody else does. But I'm going to tell you, if they won't direct you into the things of God and push you in the direction towards the cross, then they just assume you go to hell. Is that anything else for you? I don't care about you. He said they come to, 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 to steal and to kill and to destroy. But Jesus said, I am come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundant. Amen. John chapter 6. I'll give you this and I'm done. John chapter 6. We all know that passage as the feeding of the 5,000. Jesus miraculously fed 5,000 people with five barley loaves and two small fish. And that's one of my favorite stories and one of my favorite miracles in the Bible. But in verse number 9 of John chapter 6, the Bible simply said, there is a lad here. He said, there is a lad here. They didn't know what they were going to do. They were in what seemed like in the disciples' eyes a hopeless situation. Is that not the way it seems like in America right now? Amen. Oh boy, people are so hopeless. They think, man, how are we ever going to get out of this mess? How are we ever going to make it? You know, and all these things. And they thought they were in what seemed like a hopeless situation. How in the world can we feed all these people with what little we have? But there is a lie here. And he doesn't have much. He doesn't have a whole lot to offer. All he had was five barley loaves and two small fish. But what he did was he gave every bit of it to Jesus. And because he gave every bit of what little he had, Jesus performed an incredible miracle. And I wonder tonight, is there a lad here? Is there a lad here? That would just sell out and give Jesus all that you got. Oh, yeah, you're saved. I mean, yeah, I mean, you're saved. But you're not really serving like you could serve. You're not really taking seriously these things as seriously as you should have taken them. But you'd say, Lord, I don't have much. But I'll give you what I've got. I'll give you all of it. I'm here to tell you, you would be amazed what Jesus would do with so little. You would be amazed at how Jesus would multiply your life. Preacher, can I just tell us one thing? I'm, I know I've preached too long already. I've preached too long. When I was thinking earlier, I was thinking when that choir was singing, I was thinking when I was sitting on the pew in Bible Baptist Church in Rossville, Georgia, Pastor Ricky Gravelin, and here I am, just a nobody from nowhere. Come from a split up home. My daddy left me when I was six months old. I never even remember living in the same house as my own father. He was a drunk and a womanizer all of his life. He died lost without God, I believe. 
died January of last year, buried him January of last year. Never really had much of a relationship with my own dad, my real dad. Most of the men in my family, they're alcoholics and there's drugs in my family. All these things. And I don't have any big time college education. I have some little associate's degree from some little Bible college that doesn't even exist anymore. It's not even there anymore. I graduated from a little high school in a little town in Mississippi, Hatley, Mississippi. Nobody even here even knows about it. You've never even heard of it. And I don't know who... I, I talked about, you know, enjoying the things of God, giving yourself to the things of God and what all you have here in these days. But I said that because I don't know if you realize this, but, but Bible Baptist Church is kind of a known church in our circle. Brother Ricky Gravely is kind of, a, kind of a known man of God in our circle. And boy, there's thousands of preachers and young men just like myself that give their right arm to stand in a pulpit at Bible Baptist Church and preach. And I'm telling you that not because I think I'm anything. If somebody was to ask me, Brother Jacob, how'd you get here, man? How did you get here? How'd you get the Bible? How are you, how are you preaching the Bible? You know what I have to say? I don't know. I don't know, man. I'm just here. I don't deserve to be here. There's much better preachers sitting in the building. All over the building tonight, there's much better preachers than me. All I know is I'm just here. But I tell you how I really got here. Same way we all got here. Because of Jesus. Because of grace. Because of his mercy. Say, but Jacob, how is it that you've got a good wife and three good boys? How is it that you're pastoring a church and in the ministry and all those things. How, how, how is all that? How did all these things come to pass? And I'm nothing. I, I want you to understand. I'm not saying I'm anything. I am nothing, man. But if you was to ask me, how is it that my life turned out the way that it is? How did it turn out like this? And not, how did you not turn out a drunk like the rest of the men in your family? How did you not turn out wrecking your life and splitting your home up like all everybody else in, throughout the years of your family? How did, how did all that happen? I say, man, I don't know. It's just Jesus. It's just Jesus. And I wonder tonight, would there be a lad here? Let me tell you, man, you'll never, you'll never go wrong with Jesus. If you want to go out and you want to wreck your life and you want to, you want to wind up on Skid Row somewhere and wind up really being a nobody. Now, you might have a lot of success in the eyes of the world, but wind up a nobody, you just go that route. But if you want to wind up really living, hey, take what little you've got and just give it to Jesus. Let's all stand to our feet.